So this is a movie that you guys will like. I thought it was okay. Oh, baby, that was good. I am stupid. I like to cook slop. Do you want to top that slop? Thought we were going to have fun here. Yes, queen. Down with guilty pleasures, up with pleasure pleasures. Did we talk you into... Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends tries to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This week, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the animated films. My name is Dan, and I'm still recovering from COVID. My name is Jimmy, and I'm kind of back on Twitter. My name is Jeff, and my dad bought me and my brother Model T Pathmark truck models that were also piggy banks, and on the sides he wrote our names. On the back of my brother's, he drew Batman. On the back of mine, a Ninja Turtle. Nice. I love that you're keeping up with the Turtles facts. I ran out of them. I'm trying. They're running out. I don't know if I'm going to have any for the next two episodes, but we'll see. So, Jeff, quick question. It's easy to, like, draw a quick thing that, you know, brings to mind Batman. You draw a little bat signal, but... What did your dad draw to represent the Ninja Turtles? Are you guys on? Uh, can you see my camera on Discord right now? Yes. All right. I'm well, I'm just going to show you because it's it's sitting in front of me. It's not good. Great it's, for the audience. It is. I'll post a picture, but that's that's the Ninja Turtle oh, right wow. there. <laughs> that is so rudimentary. That is just a fat <laughs> stick figure. Jeff. Yeah, well, my whole life I was like, that's a terrible Ninja Turtle. And then I was going through his things and I found a third, a third model brand new in the box from like 32 years ago. And I was like, I'm going to give this to my daughter for her for Christmas. So I wrote her name on the side and on the back I drew Coco Melon and not great. Yeah. Not great at all. Very difficult. That. Even worse than that. The marker was thicker. It just looks like a blob with two little dots on the top. I, I drew the logo to Coco Melon, not actually Coco Melon, because Coco Melon's right. not a thing. It's JJ. He's a baby. He has big eyes and he sings. And it's a weird show. And if you're a parent, you know Coco Melon. It's always in the top 10 on Netflix. Season four yep. just dropped. It's been number two. It's terrible. But yeah, that's it's very difficult. So I have to give my dad mad props for that because... <laughs> it, it couldn't have been easy. Like, there's no bandana. There's no definition. It's literally just a a, a fat guy with no neck. It's like so, No Neck Ed from 90 Day Fiance. That's who it looks like. Jeff, here's the follow-up question, though. You yeah. are now 36 years old, if my math yes, is correct. Yes, I am. And you are still into the thing that your dad drew on the back of a piggy bank. <laughs> In 35 <laughs> years, will Jeff Rina still be into Coco Melon? I'm, I'm sure not. I mean, I don't know. I if hope you guys not, have because seen... if she is, there's something wrong. Well, yeah, I mean, it's very, very childish. Like, I have fond memories of other things from my childhood that I don't care about anymore. So I'm sure she'll have fond memories of it. Um, but, you know, it's it's not a thing that will persist or become a franchise. Hopefully she doesn't have a podcast that runs for three years, 175 episodes, and then does a month dedicated to Coco Melon. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see where if that she goes. Does, We'd be proud of her if that was the case. Jimmy would be proud. I would be recommending psychotherapy. <laughs> I mean, they do throw things in there for parents, like the teacher, Mrs. Appleberry. You know, she can get it. Oh, fun. <laughs> Very cool.
This is the part of the show where we're telling each other what we're talking ourselves into. We call it talking ourselves into T-O-I, toy. We're toy boys because they rhyme and that's what we are. We're boys. We're toys. Right, fellas? Yeah. Okay. I I got my Fugitoid figure and I'm looking at it right now. It's very cool. You know, if you've been following these episodes, I bought some action figures recently and, you know, he's a toy and I'm a boy. I saw pictures. I like the way they kind of made him look like he's drawn. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. It's like very cool. Nice. Um, yeah, so this week, uh, I am talking myself. Well, I'm not talking myself into it. I need to talk myself into it. Not taking a COVID test every time I get the sniffles because. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, I, I woke up yesterday and my throat was sore and my nose was runny and I'm like all coffee. And it's 99% probably because it's very dry in here and like the my radiators are hot and spring is starting and it's all that so it's just a a minor just a little inconvenience but also i haven't had a common cold in over two years because of masking and sanitizing and not being around people uh so i was like i definitely have covid so last night i took a test and i definitely do not um Mm -hmm. and then a a couple weeks ago somebody i work with was like my brother is a teacher and he got covid and gave it to me and i was like oh no i should probably test because i see you sometimes uh, so I did and I'm fine, Yeah. but you know, Jeff. just, just wanted to make sure because we had to push off soda discussions already. I don't want to wait any longer. We need to do this guys. We need to drink sodas with each other. I know Jeff. Can I tell you something that's going to really terrify you? Yes. You know how they recommend when those rapid tests, you take one and then you take another one like 24 or 48 hours later. Yeah. That is real because the first uh-huh. test I took when I felt like I had a cold came back negative and I was like, okay, let's go party. Right. And then False negatives. the next day I felt worse and I took another one. It was like, oh no, you have COVID by the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got the free ones from Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. <laughs> let's go. I, like, I thought you were saying branded. I'm like, what brand? <laughs> it's they're so easy to get now they're like three dollars at any pharmacy there's know, just piles awesome. of them because nobody cares they're like it's over mm-hmm. so yeah that's what i yeah because i don't i don't want to live my life like this but i i was getting a little sick and i just wanted to make sure that i was i was good to go that's I it feel that that's I have all a question not to dwell on this point too long but if you didn't have a daughter or if your daughter was old enough that she was already like fully vaccinated would you still be this paranoid? Nope. I've said that before, I think. Like, I would obviously be cautious and protective, but I would be doing more things than I do now. You'd be at, like, my level? Or do you think I'm No, safe? no, I, I, I wouldn't be going to shows and stuff. I know that you guys are safe and you got the vaccine and shit, but, like, still exposing yourself to time people to who you gotta... don't know how they live. Yeah, no, it is. And, I, I mean, I'm going to see Weird Al twice next week, but, like, there's COVID restrictions and masking <laughs> required and stuff. So. Oh, I was wondering if you were going to those shows. Oh, yeah. I bought, well, I mean, I bought tickets like seven months ago when I was like, it'll yeah, be over. But, you know, the venues are, are by still. Yourself? Yeah, nobody wanted to go with me. I don't have any friends. They're like, we'll go to every single hardcore show with no masks and people who think that it's fake and stuff. But yeah. let's not go to Weird Al and have fun with my friends. I have to not say. To, not to call I, anybody out. If I was going to Weird Al, I would totally wear a mask because it's Weird Al. You're sitting still. You're kind of singing along to yourself. You're getting into it, but. Touche Amour was not a show where you could wear a mask and survive. I wore a mask for the first like three songs and I almost passed out. 
Yeah, I mean, that's why I wouldn't go. And like the spaces, if this was in 2019 and they were playing at the space, I would have been like, hell yes, that is a cool venue. Like I saw them at the lily pad at Toad's Place, which is just like a bedroom with no stage. And it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's it. Dan, what are you talking yourself into? Little Kobe? I'm, no, um, <laughs> I don't want to dwell on COVID too much. No, no, me either. That- I got COVID. It sucks, but I'm feeling a lot better. You could probably just hear it in my voice and I'm coughing once in a while. What I'm talking myself into, though, is a I hesitate to even call it a stand up comedy special. It's funny, but it's kind of like spoken word. It's very much like in the buzz right now. It was just released on HBO Max. It's called Rothaniel. It is the new special from Gerard Carmichael. Have you guys heard of this? I have not. So I think maybe colloquially, like I, I sort of know what it is, but I don't really know of it. Yeah, that makes any sense. So Gerard Carmichael um, is a stand-up comic who I guess I mean I'm sure he's got like pretty big fans, but I was never a big fan of his. I know there was a lot of buzz of it for him like five years ago, maybe a little bit more than that. People were like, "Oh, he's the next Dave Chappelle," which is a pretty racist thing to say because he's just like a good comedian who's a young <laughs> black man, um, but. He was drawing those comparisons that he was like going to be an all-time comedian. Well, the, uh, the had, main reason I know about him is because he had a sitcom that you watched and tried to get me to watch several times. Yeah, that's where I was going next. He had an NBC <laughs> sitcom. It ran for one season. It was good. It was interesting. It kind of reminded me of like millennial Seinfeld, um, but it didn't last. Um, and then I haven't heard from anything from him in quite a while. Uh, and then all of a sudden, people started talking about this new special of his, and he's hosting SNL. Uh, so I was like, what's the deal with this? And going to bring her up again. One of my favorites, Joanna Robinson, was like, watch the new <laughs> Gerard Carmichael special on HBO Max and don't read anything about it first. So mm-hmm. I looked This at- is the one that's directed by Bo Burnham, right? Exactly. That's what sort yeah. of pushed me over the edge. I did hear about this. I just didn't know anything about the comedian. Yeah, I pulled it up on HBO Max. It's only like an hour long. It's directed by Bo Burnham. I was like, sure, I'll I'll try this out. Um, I don't want to get into too much of the content because I really do encourage you guys. You know, there's not enough here for a full episode, but Jeff, Jimmy, any listeners who are curious or fans of stand-up, um, please watch this, Rothaniel on HBO Max. It's very uh, introspective. It's, it's so um, vulnerable. He's talking to the audience. The theme of the show is about um, secrets. Like his family had all these secrets and he had all these secrets and he's revealing them. And it's just, it's shot beautifully. The cinematography, the color stories, the lighting, everything that Bo Burnham puts into it is incredible. Gerard Carmichael, I've never seen a more vulnerable stand-up. He's just sitting on a folding chair talking directly to the audience In the beginning, he encourages the audience to engage with him. Like if they have a thought or a question to just say it out. He's in a small little club. It's it's honestly like incredible. It's another one of those times not to put too much on Bo Burnham because it is Gerard Carmichael's content, but it feels very much in the vein of Inside where it transcends being about comedy and it becomes a piece of artwork. Who do you think was the inspiration for that? Was it Gerard Carmichael? That's just what he wanted to do. Do you think he was inspired by Bo Burnham? They got together. Do you think Bo Burnham infused that into it? I think um, if you watch it, it will become abundantly clear that Gerard Carmichael wanted to tell this story and had things to say. Um, 
and probably he knew what it, what it was going to be like emotionally, and that's why he chose Bo Burnham. I don't know if they okay. have a friendship relationship, but I think it's a great partnership because, again, it feels like it's 100% propelled by Gerard, Gerard Carmichael, but Bo Burnham does a fantastic job taking the content and connecting it to the visuals. So, yeah, yeah I just looked it up. He, he hosted uh, SNL last night. I'm mm-hmm. behind on SNL which maybe I'll talk about later, but uh, I also yeah. didn't see it, but I encourage you guys to go in cold and watch it without seeing SNL. Cause I'm sure he's going to comment on it without reading a lot of think pieces. Um, it's, it's very, uh, I don't know. It's like transformative. It, it, get, it takes you through an emotional spectrum watching it. Hmm. Very like cool. Jim, Jimmy what are you talking yourself into uh, this one is very different. I'm talking myself <laughs> into nasal spray. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Dude, that shit works so well. Be careful for a a weird reason. Um, oh, so okay. for the past like couple of years, you've been bumping. I've lines? had like I've had not great uh, hearing in my left ear. Like it just felt like a little muffled, and I was like, oh, it must be like a buildup of wax or whatever. So I went to um, the Minute Clinic at CVS, and I was like, hey, I don't know what's going on with my ear. It's been like this for a while. Um, and she was like, yeah, it's just water behind your eardrum. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Or just like liquid behind your eardrum. And she was like, just use nasal spray. It should clear right up. And it did. And, um, oh I should have gone with that for, for two years. Two years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's been a long time. And, um, I was like, oh, okay. That's really cool. I mean, the hearing in that year isn't great. It's always hasn't been that great. I'm, I am technically hard of hearing. Um, but yeah, it doesn't feel as muffled or like, it doesn't feel like I constantly have to like pop my ear or whatever. And, uh, yep. So nasal spray, that's what I've been doing. And also my sinuses feel a little bit cleared up. So <laughs> what, would that's you use cool. Afrin or like a prescription? Uh, Flonase. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah that, I just use like generic like, Flonase. When you're so really Jim, blocked up and you got to use a nose spray, it's great. Yeah. Number one, congratulations. Um, <laughs> thanks. There's an old fashioned derogatory term where people would call each other waterheads. And apparently that was you for a long time. Apparently, um, yeah. So I'm glad you got rid of that. Number two, I will warn you that a lot of medicines say that they could be like habit inducing and you're just like, I'm fine. Like, I'll take what I need and then stop. But I will say that I used to work with two separate people on two separate occasions <laughs> who were completely addicted to nasal spray and not yeah. in a way like they enjoyed it, but that your body actually becomes dependent on it. And if you take it for too long and then you stop, you completely clog up like you can't breathe right so be careful yeah, no, how I'm long d- you take it for <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna be taking it for that long um you don't at be least one of those people who just takes nasal spray like five times a day every day for the rest of their life. <laughs> yeah definitely not no it's definitely not gonna be for that um it's just gonna be like for this week and maybe a couple more weeks but yeah i, I should be good good job waterhead thanks <laughs> Okay, fellas, Hi. we are going to be talking about uh, the animated TMNT films for our lovely yes. TMNT uh, miniseries that we've been doing here on this here podcast. And uh, I'm very excited to be talking about these because I think that the Turtles portrayal uh, in animated films is probably the best, in my opinion. Mm. Um so it's going to be i think it's gonna be fun because you know it's kind of hard to show off anthropomorphic turtles in live action 
as we saw in uh the, yeah, I mean, you have to have the dedication behind it because the first right. movie is good for being costumes. I exactly. Think, I yeah. think they pulled it off the best that they possibly could. I don't think that it yeah. could ever be better because, you know, with with having the ability to do things uh, digitally now, mm. at, at best, there would be some kind of hybrid. And I don't think it yeah. would look good. Well, I disagree right. with that. If they really, I don't, I don't think they would do that because it's just way more cost effective to do a live action movie with CGI turtles. But yeah. if they really had a commitment to it, they could do stuff like we saw in the Force Awakens, like Jeff sort of. Yeah, I was hybrids. just thinking that too. Like guys sure. in suits, like very like realistic suits, but with CGI facial expressions or something. Well, th- my point is that yeah. I don't think that they have the no no studio would, or Paramount or Nickelodeon whoever wouldn't want to do that they want to dedicate yeah absolutely for sure but yeah so we did watch three movies um i didn't because i've seen it so many times and i've been busy but we can have a a good conversation about them um we're going to be talking about tmnt 2000 which came out in 2007 uh turtles forever which was the series finale for the 2k3 uh cartoon series and the relatively recent Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was part of, I think it's called like the DC universes. Pretty much they've been releasing several animated movies a year since 2007. And this is, yep. this is one of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so out of those three, I know that you haven't seen all of them guys. So what have you seen out of those three? I had seen uh, the first two. I saw the T- uh, the 2007 movie and uh, Turtles Forever. Uh, I had not seen Batman versus the TMNT. Ooh, exciting. Same. Exciting. Such yeah. excite. Much excite. Um, yes. Great. So do you want to just get into it? Just have a casual conversation in order? Sure. So uh, we can start off with the 2007 on, movie. Spoiler alert. We're going to be yes, spoiling spoilers. those three, three movies. So yes, TMNT 2007, uh, I was super stoked on this since they announced it in like, I don't know, 2002 or three. Um, I, I don't know if it it was just kind of the, um, Peter Laird, who was the sole owner of turtles at the time, uh, was trying to get back into the second Ninja Turtles boom. The TV show was successful trying to start out a new franchise, you know, animated movies were pretty big at the time. And this was 14 years after TMNT three. Um, so it's not, it's not an official sequel. It's not like an official fourth movie, but it's also not really a reboot. Yeah. What, no, what it's it, more of like, like a spiritual successor. Yeah. I was going to say, did you guys get that from this at all? When I, I don't know the last time you watched this or how much you remembered before you rewatched it. I remember getting that because especially it's it is like later in the life of the of the turtles. It's supposed to be like I think like five years or so after the fact that they're like uh, like their origins, basically. Right. They they have like within the introduction, which was narrated by Lawrence Fishburne, they just show like a picture of Shredder, just like a still picture. Right. And they made an action figure and it's very good. And I bought it when it the movie came out. Um yeah. Yeah, but I believe in canon, Shredder's dead, right? Oh, yeah, he's dead in in this movie. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Right. I haven't seen this movie in a, in a while. I mean, I probably recently watched it maybe like five years ago, um, but I I do love this movie. I've seen it several times. I saw it in theaters, I believe, with you guys. I, I've I, seen, like, I saw it several times in theaters, too. I think they do a good job, and, and it's smart that you could look at this as a spiritual sequel or a soft reboot. They, they pretty definitely yeah. like... 
don't acknowledge anything from the movies really but they also don't discount anything from the movies so it's well, there's, right. there's the one scene in like splinter shrine when you you see shredder's helmet the tcri ooze canister there's yeah. there's a lot of cool easter eggs like that but also, you know, if you're a new fan or if you're a kid who's never seen anything before, you could just make your own yeah. inference. And I'm I'm that. so glad it wasn't another origin story. <laughs> like I, I get it. If if they're rebooting a franchise that they're committed to having several movies, I get it. You want to show your version of, um, the the origin because like it's different. Shredder. We talked about it in comics. Like sometimes there are turtles that are mutated. Sometimes they're reincarnated. Sometimes Shredder or Splinter starts out as a human. Sometimes he starts out as a rat. Um. But it's all basically the, uh, the same. Sometimes they're aliens that show up in a movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mentioned Lawrence Fishburne. This cast is pretty freaking loaded. Um, the The turtles themselves are voiced by um, well-known voice actors like Nolan North did Raphael. He's done. I think he does. He do Drake from Uncharted. Yes. Yeah, he, he does Deadpool and X-Men, things like that. James Arnold Ter- Taylor, who does Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars, just really well-known um, voice mm-hmm. actors. But then for all of the other characters, you got Chris Evans as Casey, yep. Sarah Michelle Gellar as April, Kevin Smith as a cameo, um, Patrick oh, yeah. Stewart as Max Lord. Like, it's just, it's a really, really good cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think we can all safely say that this movie is very underrated um even not even just talking about the cast or whatever but like it definitely seems like whoever i guess warner brothers made this movie originally and the weinstein company lol um it definitely seemed like they really did try and put a lot into this movie and it flopped it did not do great at all um which is really unfortunate i mean the budget was 34 million it made 95 million i think part of the problem was that this came out in 2007 peter laird goes on to sell it tell turtles in 2009 and mm-hmm. the the animation studio imagey or imagi went out of business it was a korean studio so it was just a uh, lot of, like there were sequel plans that never developed just because of all of that stuff going on oh i didn't know that which is i, I just always assumed that didn't do well yeah because I, I i do i do love this movie like in this universe you have this movie and then like six issues of prequel comics which that's right i don't yeah. really get into but i think that these were good like getting into the actual movie you see that Michelangelo is kind of just like um, he does kids parties. He's Calabunga Carl. There's a backstory yeah. on, on that in the comics. There's a backstory of why Leo goes to South America, why Raph is the night watcher. There, and there's a Donatello in an April issue as well. And they're just really good. Like in this April is like an archaeologist, which is different than her being a reporter uh, or scientists it's closer to her being a scientist it's in the same world but right. it shows that you know these characters did go to other places and i just want to see more of that and guys, the new villains which we'll get into yeah guys hot take this movie is not as good as you're making it seem it is the i think the a storyline about the 13 beasts and the returning army and all that stuff is very weird and doesn't yeah work it is as well I think all the B storyline stuff, the interpersonal relationships of the turtles, the getting the team back together stuff works really well. But this movie spends way too much time <laughs> on a new villain that is kind of mm. dumb, in my opinion. Yeah, I would kind of agree with that. Um, I think 
I think the highlight of the movie is all the turtle stuff and yeah. just like the turtles lore and stuff. But yeah, I do kind of agree that like the actual plot of this movie is it's fine. It's I'm gonna pitch you guys but, an alternate version. Oh, what what if this movie was exactly the same, except instead of the A plot, which is you know the guy resurrecting the ancient generals and all that shit. The yeah. the crisis was an invasion from like either the Utrams or the Triceratons. This would be a much better movie. So uh, I think it would be a much better movie for Turtles fans. But yeah, um, I agree with you. I, like I I, <laughs> I want to see Triceratons done well so bad on the big screen. But yeah. also I think that we've especially now like we've seen that a lot. I've seen that in the two K three series, the twenty twelve series. We've seen it in the IDW comics. It seems to never end. Um, I do while I do like that stuff like I just read another description of an issue coming out soon and it's like the Triceratons and Utrams are at it again and I'm like I kind of don't care anymore about that but <laughs> what I do appreciate about this movie is I always thought that the 13 monsters and stuff and like his brothers and sisters were kind of lame they grow on me as time goes on and every time I watch it and I really appreciate that they just went with something new, something that wasn't in the comics, yeah. something that we don't know. And it just gives it, I don't know, it kind of makes the world feel fuller. And also you don't know, you don't know what to expect. Obviously the turtles are going to win at the end, but like, I don't know. I, I guess think that's that, true. I just don't love the villains. I think, yeah. I think the idea is cool. I think Max Lord is cool. Um, but yeah, like some, some of the monsters, how they're just like ghost busting monsters it's silly, but I also don't hate it. Like when Raph is a night watcher and he's chasing the Jersey devil, it was kind of fun. Like the night watcher itself is badass, um, mm -hmm. but also just like running through New York city at night with this but little Jeff, monster. At a, yeah. Not to be a stickler. Stick me, um, baby. To correct you. The villain is Max Winters. Max Lord is a villain from DC Comics. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I knew that there was something wrong there. I was like, this doesn't sound right. But yes, you are correct. I, I haven't watched the movie in a while. Um, I Guys. thought you were going to say it was like a, a porn star or something. I was like, well, no. Freud, the probably. <laughs> cool too. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, just to make you feel nostalgic, we are recording remotely because I'm recovering from COVID. Uh, six star Brian just walked by the window and waved and said, hi, Jeff and Jimmy. Oh, high six dollars. That's so cute. Um, but yeah, like, okay, so we have the monsters um, and Max Winter, not Max Lord. Um, and <laughs> I think that the highlight of this movie, you know, we're, we're not going to spend the entire episode talking about this one movie, but I think one of the best things in any Ninja Turtles movie, show, comic ever is the rooftop fight with Leo and Raph. Yeah, I agree. It's pretty good. It's I like that it has actual pathos. It feels like, like um, I don't know, like there's more at stake than the usual like bickering right. and stuff. And and you know we've seen that in comics too, um, a lot in the IDW series too. Um, I don't know if they took that from this. Like, there's always you know some kind of tension. Raph is a hothead. Leo's the cool right. leader dude. Um, but like, yeah, I, I mean, it. And just the way it's filmed, like it's a good looking movie for what it is. Like it's it's just a kid's movie that's animated by some studio that went defunct very shortly after. Hmm. And it's just really good. Like it's raining and the lighting from all the signs and it. Oh, man, I love it. It's a it's a great fight scene. Yeah, 
It is. Uh, I'm definitely, uh, I think kind of what we're talking about, like the, the tension between Raph and Leo in this movie, it does feel like, it does feel the most intense out of like everything that we've seen before. Like obviously they fight like in the first live action movie, yeah. they fight in the animated series, they fight in the comics, but this movie, it really felt like they were at, at odds with each other and it felt like there were real stakes. One um, thing I kind of yeah, wish they I just, did. I, I could see why they didn't because it would upset a lot of like younger kids and maybe some diehard fans. But I feel like almost this movie would have worked better if splinter had died in the years in between. Hmm. I really like Splinter. And they were kind of this, like, though. I don't know. Yeah. You do really like him or you don't really like him? I do. Yeah. Uh, it's not even so much for the character. It's for... To I, show that they don't have any leadership it, or well, that, they're kind of lost. And there's nothing them holding nothing holding them together. I think it right. would be a better explanation for why they drifted so far apart in the subsequent years. Yeah, I I'd agree that. with that. But anyways, should we talk about the next one? Sure. Yeah, that's a fun one. Turtles Forever. Jeff, you, Forever. you alluded to this being the finale, the series finale for the 2003 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated series. Correct. Um, this one was sort of elusive. I didn't watch it in a, when it initially aired, and I remember that it was sort of difficult to get our hands on. Did they ever do like a full release of this? Yeah, they released it on DVD. I have it. Oh. Nice. Um, I, I don't know why it's not on Paramount Plus. Yeah, so this was released in 2009 on the... Um, it was released as four parts originally, just because, like, I don't know why they did that, but it's a movie. Mm-hmm. And then on the 4Kids website, for whatever reason, they posted the full length with eight extra minutes that didn't air. I don't know yeah, what I've those eight that. minutes were. I downloaded that from their website in 2009, and I still have that file on my PS3. Um, cause I don't, I don't even know if they have that on the DVD. I bought the DVD, but it's, I haven't even opened it just cause I have that file that I could watch whenever. Um, but yeah, so this was the end of the 2k3 series, but it also features the 1987 turtles crossing over, which was, they've done it in, in the 2012 series multiple times, um, which did not pull it off as well as this. But I seem to be in the minority of that. So the gist of this is, do one of you want to take over and just kind of give a brief synopsis? Sure. Uh, The Ninja Turtles, as we know them from the 2003 series, are watching a news footage that shows what appears to be the Ninja Turtles fighting the Purple Dragons. Uh, And they think that they're imposters, but it turns out they're alternate versions of themselves um, they are the Ninja Turtles from the 1987 uh, cartoon that we are familiar with. And basically it turns out that through messing with um, Krang and the different dimensions, the 1987 Shredder has transported himself, Krang, some villains, and the Turtles into the 2003 dimension. Um, he teams up with the Shredder of the 2003 series, who at this time is an Utrom just floating out in space, yep. suspended in ice. Yeah. And he's obviously like way more devilish or just more oh, serious. Yeah, he's, he's savage. Yeah, than the 1987 Shredder. But between the two of them, yeah. between the technology from the 1987 villains uh, and the ideas and the motivation and the power of the 
2003 Shredder, they've decided they're going to go through all the different universes and kill all the different versions of the Turtles so that he can rule the multiverse. Um, yeah, this ends up basically leading them to discover uh, the Turtles Turtles Prime, Prime which yes. is yeah. the original ne- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles universe, which, as we know, is the comic book version. Um, it was so good when that happened. I was so yeah. excited. They look exa- yeah. exactly like the drawings of Eastman and Laird. So we'll get into the specifics, but the way this basically breaks down is there's a big, huge battle royale in the comic book universe. Um, Shredder decides that if he can destroy Turtles Prime, it'll destroy all the versions of the Turtles. And then what is one of my favorite twists in Ninja Turtles uh, depictions, he basically realized that he only exists because the Turtles exist. And if he destroys Turtle Prime, he will destroy himself as well. And uh, I just like that moment. I think it was... a. Uh, I think that whole section is really cool. Yeah. So um, I've talked about it before, I think, on the the TV show episode. I've never seen the 87 series. (laughs) Um, So when I first saw this, I was like, oh, the 87 series is very goofy, which I kind of like assumed, especially from like hearing from you guys talk about it. Um, But I mean, I'm always a sucker for crossover stuff. So... (laughs) And just like referencing older things too, like obviously that's like a nerd's wet dream. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, I've this is the things that I know. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, and I think, as far as I know, this is like the first time there was like a. It just felt to me like very Doctor Who's like, yeah, oh, it was, it's going to be two doctors. It like, was the first the time. time, yeah, and it does have Doctor yeah. Who vibes. And now that we're getting into like, you know, Spider Man, No Way Home, and the mainstream and yeah. multiverses, people are a lot more accustomed to it. But right. I mean, th- this movie was pretty much widely uh, regarded as very good by Ninja yeah. Turtles fans. But there are some '87 stands that are like they desecrated the best version of the turtles one of the reasons is because the voice actors were not the originals due to um union contract stuff um when the originals did come back to reprise their roles in the 2012 series but Mm. that being said um a lot of them were like they made them so stupid and goofy and they are that you can't deny that (laughs) and like i think that they were being honest to the the vibe of the 87 series and you know peter laird knows what they are he knows they're silly too he knows that he made a lot of money off of them but also it's i don't know i think that they did a good job respecting the older series while poking fun at it it's like yeah this these guys are cool and goofy and fun but they're silly and they are like everything that they were in this movie you can't deny they were a little exaggerated in here to show how goofy and you know the juxtaposition of the darker 2003 right. series definitely highlights that um but i don't think they did anything that like they weren't inept you know they they, they did mess up a few times but like you know they, they were a couple themselves. hero moments yeah for sure like they Exploding weren't floating they were stars yeah yeah um <clears throat> but yeah i just love how they got the the original styles down so well um because oh yeah, yeah again, the animation's great comparing it again to 2012 you have a 3d show they're bringing 2d models into that and then making 2d models 3d and it just didn't feel like the actual 87 turtles you know mm. yeah i mean it's also that we're viewing the 1987 turtles and their universe through the eyes of the 2003 <clears throat> series so right it's it's going to be a little bit um 
jarring. Yeah, exactly. And and just like there's some things that they captured which I thought were really like smart and funny. Um just like when they go back to the 87 universe, they're like, we need to rescue April. We we rescue her about once a day. And the <laughs> yeah. villains were clearly like those real cheesy villains that they would create for the 87 show. Just oh, yeah, it was like there were like figures. food monsters. Like there was a yeah. giant yeah. pizza, I think. A banana. Was it somebody like you can basically set your clock by it? Yeah. That they have to rescue April. <laughs> it's awesome. He's like, yeah. lately, it's been like four times a day. <laughs> yeah that's awesome that's very funny um i love when they get to the turtles prime universe and Raphael is just like i like this place it's dark and gritty yeah and that's very funny very raff there's a lot of good stuff in there like i said i think my favorite moment was when uh shredder figures out that if he destroys the turtle prime um i mean there's let's back up a little bit there's a lot of goofiness like i don't really understand why shredder is giant um they sort of just like hand wave that away but yeah. he's he's crushing the turtle's prime in his hand and he starts to disappear too. And then he's just like, I'm fine with this. He's like, if it means <laughs> I have to die to destroy the turtles, it's worth it. Yeah. But I um, do like that. I do like that one part when they're in I think they're in the Technodrome and they're like showing all the universes and there's just like still images from, you know, different movies and TV shows. That's right. It was yeah, pretty cool. It was pretty cheesy and not well done. But when I was watching it the first time, I was like, yeah, You're and like, I, I know those things. <laughs> I believe. Yeah, that he, exactly. I believe he even removed Venus from the next mutation, which is very yep. funny to me. That is very funny. Um, I will say that the ending of this, the way they defeat the Shredder is uh, funny, but also shockingly similar to the way he's defeated in the episode of the animated TV series you had us watch, which is that they basically blow a big hole through him with a laser. In this case, it's That's uh, right. Yeah, it's uh, the what do they call that thing? The drill thing, the, the technodrome thing uh, in this episode or well, in the episode you had us watch. It was the drill in this yeah. it's the technodrome but it is funny that the reason it happens is because bebop and rocksteady just plug it in yeah they save the day they're the heroes of the whole movie <laughs> it's so random. <laughs> that's funny i mean honestly like my biggest criticism of this is also why it works so well which is that it doesn't matter um like right. none of this matters it's just an excuse to do right. the team ups and have the fun and see the interactions speaking but, of I, of not mattering yeah uh, the next movie, if you want to get into that. Yeah. Uh, the Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, yeah. This doesn't matter. One... You just want to you just want to see these uh, two worlds collide. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've never seen this before. Jimmy, you've never seen this before. Why don't you get into it yes. a little bit? So basically, uh, Batman <laughs> is being Batman. He's doing his Batman thing. And all of a sudden, um, some ninjas start showing up, and we're just like, oh, that's not good. Um, I don't remember the specifics of, like, how they kind of juxtapose it. Um, obviously, it, it kind of, like, we see stuff from Batman's point of view. We see stuff from the turtle's point of view. Actually, technically, we see stuff from Batman's villain's point of view uh, because the turtles are messing them up. And uh, they're, like, all in the shadows, too. You can't really notice them. It felt very ninja, which is cool, because a lot of the yeah. times, turtles are not... The turtles are not very ninja-like. Yeah. Uh, but they're in the shadows a lot, especially in the beginning of this movie. And it felt very similar to, like, the beginning of the live-action movie and stuff. Um, but basically, uh, Batman finds out that there are um, turtles in in the universe. They're like, hey, uh, these turtles are... Uh, beating these people up and uh, we think that uh they're part of the villains or whatever and then 
uh, the turtles think Batman is part of the Foot Clan or is working with the Shredder. And um, yeah. I believe they they save, um, what's her name, Batgirl. Can I swoop in and, here and, and rescue you, yes, Jimmy? of course. Thank you. <laughs> so basically, um, a bunch of ninjas are stealing high-tech devices all around Gotham. And Batman and Batgirl have some shady footage. And they think that the turtles yes. are working with the Foot Clan. Turns out they're not. They've come to Gotham to try to stop the Foot Clan. Uh, there's this case of mistaken identity that Jimmy refers to where the Turtles think that Batman is working with the Shredder. Turns out he's not. It's Ra's al Ghul. I think this is a really smart team up of villains because it is, the yeah. League of Assassins are sort of Batman's ninjas. And uh, uh, the the plan is convoluted. It's uh, The Shredder wants access to Ra's al Ghul's Lazarus pits, which resurrect him and keep him alive forever. And Ra's al Ghul wants access to the ooze um, because he's going to use it similar to his storyline in Batman Begins to sort of like raise Gotham to the ashes and like, you know, burn it to the ground and all this stuff. So they're gathering all these high tech devices so they can do uh, what is truly the worst part of this movie, which is the second act of (laughs) uh, there's really no reason why they need the Joker serum and. There's really no reason why they go to Arkham Asylum and infect everyone with uh, ooze and jokers. Uh, excuse me, but there is a reason, and it's to look cool. That's it the point of this movie. It doesn't look cool at all. They look horrible. Uh, okay. It defies oh, the logic. I, I yeah. honestly, like the first act and the third act of this movie, I loved. I was like, this is the best depiction of the Ninja Turtles and possibly Batman. And then every minute in Arkham <laughs> Asylum, I just loathed. It was just so. Oh, I didn't hate it. It was fun. It was stupid uh, fun. That's what this movie is. It was um, so long, though. Well, getting back to like, dude, how good was that Batman and Shredder fight? Like, yeah, it was great. Just, yeah. just the direction awesome. of the animation was absolutely incredible. Also very anime inspired, which I thought Jeff might uh, complain about. I mean, some of these fights look like they're yeah. straight out of Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> yeah, they do kind of. Well, it's good. Um, yeah, that's true um yeah i agree i mean also just the shredder straight up killing people i thought was freaking awesome oh it's so good um, so refreshing this scene is, is shockingly violent like there's a lot yeah. of innocent people who get killed yeah there's a and, really um, dark I moment seen... where sorry jim but there's a really dark yeah. moment where they're breaking into arkham asylum and we linger like with this one security guard for a moment and he's drinking coffee yep. out of a world's best dad mug and they cut off yep. his head and I was like, yo. <laughs> um, Isn't that awesome? It's um, pretty effed up. But yeah, like the, even the character designs, they're the turtles themselves are, they remind me a lot of Andy Kuhn, who's done some work on the IDW turtles. Yes, for um, sure. It's very angular and, and they all look different enough to where like you could tell them apart without seeing their colors, but not too right. different. And their eyes are white. Yeah, I liked everybody's, of. I liked everybody's, um, uh, character design except for donnie i thought donnie's head looked weird oh, i like it's a little it. narrow like he's, he's taller and skinnier yeah <clears throat> um i at first i was like not in love with the bat suit they went to like the old school blue blue mm. and gray batman suit but it, it grew on me um it definitely works talk, with this movie can we talk about the voice acting uh yeah absolutely Props to Troy Baker, who did the voice of yeah. Batman and Joker, because I was like, yo, they got Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill for this. <laughs> I know. He did a really good job. It was. And Troy Baker is Joel from The Last of Us. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. I think 
did he do stuff on um clone wars maybe not i don't know oh final fantasy it says he's worked on bioshock um oh yeah troy baker's a huge him and nolan north are buddies too yeah it was a little bit of an impression i feel like again like there's definitely like kevin conroy moments in there but uh yeah i thought it was good there's like a moment buried in the first act of this that i'm like whoa this is like one of the darkest moments of batman animated and i thought it really worked um and then it kind of comes back in the end which is when batman gets like hit by the shredder with that like special move Mm-hmm. and he's like this Hadouken whatever yeah and he's like feeling vulnerable he's like I've never been hit like that and I was like yo that's that's pretty cool <laughs> he, I don't and know then, just even the like, turtles Leonardo you have Eric Bauza who's done Tiger Claw in 2012 he was Splinter and Rise which is nothing to be proud of um, yeah. Raphael <laughs> was played by Darren Chris Michelangelo is Kyle Mooney from SNL which I thought was yep. great because yeah. just it's just his regular voice uh, Donatello is somebody named Baron Vaughn, who I'm not familiar with. Um, and then, you know, even like even like Batman's rogue gallery, Tara Strong, Tom Kenny, yep. John DiMaggio, Carlos uh, Rocco's Modern Life. I don't know how to say his last name. Huh. Uh, you, yeah, it's, it is a great cast of very well-known and very good voice actors. Yeah, it was good. Um, there was something else I was going to say about this. Yeah, so obviously I wasn't a fan of the second act. What did you guys think of it? I mean, it feels like a side mission. Yeah, it felt a lot like filler. And it was like Jeff was saying, it just it was there just to be cool. It's just there to show mutated versions of all the Arkham people. I thought it was fine. You have to add you have to make Batman's universe Ninja Turtley. And I think that's the way to do it. Um, it was silly, but it was fun. It didn't seem like it didn't seem corny or it didn't seem corny enough to where I was like, oh, this sucks. You know what? One of my low key favorite parts of this was that they didn't have to do what they did with turtles forever which is to make a reason why they exist in the same universe they just literally said like oh we came oh from we came new in york. from new york yeah to gotham <laughs> yeah and i was like thank god we don't need to spend time figuring out like <laughs> why they exist here i like right. that um i mean it exists as its own thing like obviously yeah it is this isn't the batman that has been in all the other shows and movies because they're like, oh, yeah, I've heard rumors of some sort of bat creature in Gotham. Like, obviously. Yeah, with, with this movie, you don't need to know Batman's continuity or in Turtles continuity and where both of them are at in their storylines. Exactly. You just need to know Batman exists and the Turtles exist. And yeah, exactly, here's them yeah. meeting, which I think is cool. Yeah, um, I, I am going to talk about my favorite part, which was actually the credits. Huh. I think the credits were freaking awesome. They showed. Uh, alternate versions of comic book issues with like crossovers with Batman and the Turtles. I just thought it was awesome. They like nailed every single one of yeah, them. That I don't cool. know how they and did I it. And I do recommend reading the three miniseries that they put out in the last several years. Yeah, I do want to read those. I didn't realize that um, that it was like a real thing. I, like I thought that it was like a one shot. I didn't realize that there was actually like... No, there's there's three full miniseries. And the third one was very cool. They went, they got the um, original Mirage Turtles in there. Huh. And it's illustrated by um, Freddie Williams II, which is like really good. Yeah. Written by nice. James Tinney in the fourth, who actually writes Batman stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was cool. I, I, I loved... Um, there's a couple moments in the third act, like in the big fight scenes... I like the pairing, uh, the showdown of Leonardo versus Ra's al Ghul and Leonardo's like getting his butt kicked the whole time. And then he does like a splinter move, 
um, which was cool. I kind of wish it was the same move that the Shredder did to Batman because he was like, there's only two living, you know, ninjas who know that. Right. And then he's like, I, I learned that from a rat like that. Yeah, that was cool. And then I also liked um, Batman losing again to the Shredder. And then he's like, you have any last words? And he's like, cowabunga. Cowabunga. And Raphael yeah, just so smashes good. him with his shell. <laughs> Can we also so say good. there's like some animated stuff the turtles do that I love that we don't see in a lot of Ninja Turtles content, like um, them like popping their heads into the shell. Yeah, actually, yep. actually being turtle like, which they yeah. Don't yeah. do often. Donatello and Michelangelo end up like chasing down this machine that's supposed to like go up into the clouds and shoot, you know, uh, ooze all over Gotham. And they're like trying to disable it. It ends up like blowing up and they're like falling back to Earth. And they like protect themselves by getting inside their shell, which I love. And and there's also just like a fun callback where they land on a, a blimp and they're like, oh, so this is why Gotham has all those blimps. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of like little Easter eggs to like Batman the Animated Series and um, also some of the TMNT movies. I I could have sworn there was like a reference to the first TMNT movie. I don't remember off the top of my head, though. There's definitely... But- um. There's a lot of Batman Easter eggs. Ace Chemicals yeah. is where this whole showdown takes place, which is right. You know where the Joker was created. That was yeah. the first Batman. It looks like it does. Obviously, the original '89 Batman. Yeah, and obviously TCRI. That's from the movies. Yep. Um, what was I going to say? So apparently, just like through breezing through the Wikipedia entry on this movie, there was a post-credit scene which I didn't realize and I didn't watch. Did you guys know there was a post-credit scene? Yeah. I saw it. It was Joker, right? It's uh, yeah, it Shredder, Shredder coming out of Ace Chemicals looking like the Joker, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yep. That was cool. I would like to see a sequel to this. This was much better than I thought. Me it too. I, I haven't heard anything. I mean, the video sales made $3 million. I would assume that's a lot um, or enough to warrant. Yeah. Like, there are so many of these movies in this line like that. I don't see oh, why. Yeah. They- I have the big box set. Yeah, I don't I don't see why they want to just do it. Like, I mean, they release like one every three months. Um, but yeah, I would love to see more of this. Um, but, you know, looking forward, there are going to be more animated movies coming out on Paramount Plus. We have the big one, as we mentioned, with Seth Rogen. But then we have a series of like villain centric movies. Um, mm. There's not much details out on that. But right now, you know, there's there's these three big ones. Um, I don't think I'm trying to like, I don't know if you'd consider the anime a movie. It was really bad. Um, but yeah, hmm. I, I think that you guys liked all of them, but uh, were we all talked into all three of these movies? Yeah. 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 Okay, good. We like, yeah, we liked I really it. liked, yeah, I really liked the Batman versus TMNT. I'm definitely going to watch that again before I give it back to you. I, I was why just, isn't, Je- Jeff, why isn't this streaming anywhere? I don't know. Maybe because like DC streams on HBO and Turtles stream on Paramount and there might be rights issues. I have no idea. Um, But yeah, I I was going to ask you guys to rank them. I don't know if I can because I love all of them so much for different reasons. But if you guys had to rank them, you know, third favorite to favorite, how would you do it? Ooh, so worst to best? Yep. I would say... It's tough. They're all pretty equal, but I would right? say Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or not Rise, bleh. Uh, Turtles <laughs> Forever is uh, worst. Uh, Get that TV show's name out your f***ing mouth. Sorry, Jim. 
So Turtles Forever third, uh, TMNT second, Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles first. Uh, I'd okay. probably swap 2007 and Turtles Forever. I really like Turtles Forever. I haven't seen it in a while, but I think it's cool that it just seems more of like a uh, a love letter to Turtles and Turtles fans and stuff. I agree. The only but, reason um, I put it in third is because I think the overall plot is a little worse than TMNT. That's fair. Guys, I just want to say, when I said the F word, it created a giant phlegm ball to come out, and now I feel significantly better than I have in the last oh, two nice. days. So, Good for you. Thank you. Yeah, so Batman versus Ninja Turtles, number one for both of you? Yeah. Yeah. But I yeah, I mean... Oh, boy. You I would asked say... the question. You didn't have an I know. I would say, like, so right now, we I'm, I'm ranking these. They're like 9.7 versus 9.8 versus 9.9. I just love all of them. you are. I would say worst, <laughs> least favorite is Batman versus Turtles. Uh, second is Turtles Forever. And third is TMNT. I mean, first is TMNT. Uh, just, just based on where, you know, where they hold a place in my heart. If I was ranking them as an outsider who saw them for the first time this last week, then that list might be different. I think the but reason I, why I really love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles works so much better for me is out of these three, it has the least convoluted plot. Like I, the story yeah, that's fair. Just, true. It's just like, hey, these two guys who have similar goals, like uh, Shredder and Ra's al Ghul, get together to do a crime, and the heroes try to stop them. Yeah, I, I just I really like what they did with the characters in TMNT. I think that they like they the pulled growth, off, yeah, and, and the the brotherhood and the dynamic <laughs> between the actual turtles. Yeah, that's true. There is less time to spend like on the character of the turtles in Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm. Also, well, that stop was making team up movies that have verses in them because we know they're not going to be versus each other. <laughs> Why are they I fighting know. against each other? What if they did the whole movie? They're like, we're not here to hurt you, Bat, dude. And Batman's like, <laughs> I am the knight. And then he just throws batarangs yeah. at them. <laughs> cool. I love how Batman just destroyed every single one of them in the beginning. of. Oh, the yeah, that was very. It funny. was not even a fight. I mean, we didn't even get into like just even the dynamic with like Robin and Batgirl and Alfred. It was just really good. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of parts that like I actually did LOL. Yeah. And I was like, I was not expecting that. There's legitimately funny parts. Um, But yeah, this this was a fun episode. And next week we're going to have another fun episode because we're going to be talking about not. We're going to be talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle video games without having played any. Yeah. I mean, we played played a lot of them last night. Oh, you did? Yeah, well, not last night, a couple days ago, but I played nice. a lot of them. So, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. I got takes, boys. Ooh. I'm based solely on my terrible memory of video games. <laughs> yeah, Angie, you're not, you don't like video games. In the meantime, Jimmy, where can people find Talk Me Into on the internet? You can find Talk Me Into at Talk Me Into on Twitter, at Talk Me Into Pod on Instagram. And if you feel so inclined, you can send us an email, talkmeinto at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on patreon.com slash talkmeinto, where you can find exclusive shows like Talking Shit. Uh, it's a very fun show. We're going to be recording one today. So you'll see another one of those very soon in your inboxes and on your Patreons and in your feeds. And uh, yeah, find us there. You can also find our show, So Discussions, on YouTube as well. By searching So Discussions on YouTube, you'll find us very easily. We're the only show named that. And um, yeah, uh, check it out. It's a very fun show. Jeff, where can people find you online? People can find me on Twitter at J-E-F-F-F-F-F-27. That's Jeff with five Fs and number 27. You can find me on the Technodrome forums. 
my my username is Jeff. I used to frequent there often and not so much anymore, but it is a great research resource for uh, Ninja Turtles stuff, community, uh, buying and selling and trading figures, which I've done there. Dan, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter. Uh, the name is Danny underscore breakdown and check out my band. We got new music coming out soon. Anywhere you listen oh my to God. music. Uh, name of the band is Disqualifier. Jimmy, how about you personally? You can find me on Twitter at Son of a Fitch, S O N N E V A F I T C H, and youtube.com slash Son of a Fitch, spelled the same way. Guys, I'm back on Twitter, kind of. I, that was my fun fact oh, yeah. episode. We didn't talk about I it. I noticed but it's you've fine. been dipping your toe into it. Yeah, it's just a little bit. I don't have the app downloaded or anything, but I think I've someone been owes me money because when you initially said this fun fact, <laughs> I was like, I gave it till April. O'Neill? Yeah. <laughs> the adult film actress? <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Oh, I'll comment all over that. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. My name's Dan, and this week it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the animated films. I forgot what I say next. My name is Dan. Oh, I already said <laughs> yeah, my name. Yeah, you said Dan. Yeah. I it up. Wow. You did, Do the yeah. whole thing again. You ready? Yep. <laughs> COVID brain. All right. I'm last for Croix, guys. I got to go get some more. What flavor do you have? Uh, this is currently Pomplemousse. Oh, that's good. I got, even I got Lemoncello. Not great. Yeah, I don't love those flavors. Uh, Pomplemousse is like grapefruit. Oh. Yeah, don't you speak French, you Remember? dumb bastard? No. We did a... It was the old... The Old Town Road episode. Wow, I don't wow that was a crow's age ago. Jimmy, you, right, you guys remember anything? You guys ready? I'll bring us into yeah. this segment. Yeah.